Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Okay, welcome back. As I mentioned, job descriptions are vital in making sure that employees perform and behave as expected throughout their entire career. Your job descriptions are probably outdated because let's face it, most of theirs are. Please, after today's session, put it on your calendar that you are going to have this huge project and depending on what size of the organization you have, this may take a while, but you are going to start ASAP of updating and revising all your job descriptions. And then let's put a recurring appointment every year for this time to do it every single year. The first time you update them or create job descriptions in some cases, it's going to take a while, right? You're not just going to pull this out of thin air overnight. But then if you continuously update them every year and you get your managers involved, then it'll be a lot easier. When I say you are going to update your job description, what I mean is you are going to be the catalyst to make this happen. You are going to be the friendly nag and you are going to make sure the managers do it. How are you as HR going to know what a mechanical engineer does or, you know, what a um, administrative assistant for, you know, a construction company does? You're probably not going to know. You might have some idea. But let the managers and the team, even the employees, get involved in updating or creating job descriptions. There's a lot of tools online that you could find that have information. And if we can go to our friendly, you know, uh, internet and find other job descriptions out there and use them as bases. But my point is, your job description is actually going to be used, as I said in the last podcast about recruiting, for creating ads, for creating interview questions, and for making sure that you are very successful in the um, hiring aspect. Well, then you're going to use the job description as an ongoing feedback tool. You're also going to use it for a training and development tool. You know that little section that says knowledge, skills, and ability? Well, if somebody is uh, lacking or lagging in knowledge, skills, and abilities because you had to take some concessions because of our lack of staffing in the in the world today. Maybe you've hired somebody with less knowledge, skills, and abilities, but want to put them into an intense training program. Well, you're going to use this job description now as an assessment tool to develop the training and de- uh, the training programs in order to increase individuals' knowledge, skills, and abilities. You're also going to use the job description as compensation tools too. How are you differentiating from, say, you know, um, a, a construction one or construction two person or whatever it might be? You want to make sure that you are using the job description and differentiating in levels in the same um, uh, job families. And then, of course, as I mentioned, we're going to use this job description slash feedback tools in our exit process as well. Uh, We have to be very careful with that. We want to make sure we give people chances through these feedback programs. We want to make sure we're very clear and we pinpoint with individuals what they are lacking on, what they need to improve on. 
There's usually in a job description, a list of essential responsibilities. There may be a list of additional or occasional responsibilities. Maybe they only do it once a quarter. Those items are things that you're going to give some leeway to and offer accommodations, especially for someone with a, uh, a disability who has asked for an accommodation. Knowledge, skills, and abilities are very important. Again, company values. What I want you to also make sure that you think about in when you're using your job description tool as a performance feedback tool and a behavior feedback tool is make sure that you really sit down and define your ratings. You know, we usually have these ratings on our um, performance reviews, our behavior reviews, which by the way, I like to just call them feedback because it should be performance plus behavior. So I don't like to say performance reviews only. So in these feedback sessions, whether they're once a year, once a quarter, once a month, make sure that you clearly define your ratings. Uh, for example, there might be exceeds expectations, meets expectations, and below expectations. Keep it simple so that everyone understands what that means. But you should have a very clear definition of what A, B, C, D, E means. Thumbs up, thumbs down, exceeds, meets, or below. What I find is that what manager thinks a manager thinks is meets expectations is often very different than what an employee thinks is meets expectations. I mean, who wants to be put at meets expectations when the when the other option is exceeds, right? Everybody's going to want to be at the top, but if you clearly define what each of those ratings are, then we will all be on the same page. So make sure whatever your ratings are, I, I advise you to keep them simple, but even if you have them complicated and then there's percentages and they're tied to compensation, that's all fine. Just define them, train your managers what they mean, and then train your employees what they mean. And then I would also advise um, that you have a secondary level of management or even human resources look at the ratings before they get delivered to the employee. Why? Because managers are busy. Managers may be doing things like, oh, they just recently did something wrong and I'm going to rate them negatively in their annual review even though the rest of the year they were doing amazing. So we want to make sure we take out bias. And let's face it, we're humans. It happens. We don't always mean this. So it's always a good idea for somebody else to do a quick review, maybe not so quick, but a review, um, you know, just looking at an employee's feedback form before it gets finalized and delivered to the employee. And this is also a teaching opportunity for your manager so that you can then correct their performance and behavior and let them know of the possible issues that could have occurred because of that. And we'll talk about that, about that in a few minutes. So again, there's a shift in approach from just an annual review to ongoing conversations. We need to make sure that managers have frequent conversation about, about what is going well what is not going well, what needs improvement regarding the employee's performance and regarding the employee's behavior in the workplace. Why frequent conversations and reviews are often too late, they're boring, they're usually a monologue, not a dialogue, they can be very uncomfortable for everyone involved, 
and they're rarely followed up with appropriate actions if you only have a once a year conversation because we get busy and we say, we'll handle that next month. We'll handle that next month. And that by the time you go to handle that, it's nine months into the year and the conversation um, has still not be handled. The employee has no clue that they're not doing well. Uh, the manager is still frustrated. So we want to make sure that the annual review, if you're going to have only an annual review, is not stressful experience for everyone involved. You can still have the annual review for whatever reason, but please have more than once a year conversations between a manager and employee about their performance and behavior. You have other options too. Of course, you can go do quarterly conversations. And once you get these started and rolling, they can literally be like 15, 20 minute conversations. Um, I call them feedback meetings. And then you could also have the unplanned check-in where the manager, you know, intentionally checks in with an employee, but it isn't actually an appointment on the employee's calendar, which sometimes could be very stressful for everybody. In our next session coming up, I'll talk about more techniques and conversations for regular feedback. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.